There's a new sheriff in town, and their name is KC Pet Project. We've got Tori Fugate from KC Pet Project with us to talk about taking over Kansas City Animal Control. That and more here on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. I'm Dave Shapiro, and yes, indeed, welcome to the program. Sierra is out this week, so I'm rolling solo. I'm coming to you from the fishbowl here at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We're a nonprofit that's committed to keeping pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need. We hope this episode finds you and your pets well, and if you don't have pets for some reason, well, why the heck not? Anyway, all right, what do we got going on here at uh, Pet Resource Center? We got Saturday, December 19th. 9 a.m. to noon, that'll be just a few days after this episode drops, we will be having a drive-through clinic, drive-through vaccination clinic, no appointment necessary, come on by. Not only is it a vaccination clinic, but it is a holiday vaccination clinic. What does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to have, you know, some clothes and some toys and some little treats and stuff like that. And you can pick out something nice for your, for your pet, for a little holiday gift. What, how about that? I think it sounds pretty good personally. Um, one of the reasons we do stuff like that is because, you know, December typically is a pretty rough month here at the pet resource center, um, because there's all kinds of winter needs from folks in the community that start rolling in. Um, you know, the need just becomes so great. Um, you know, everything from how dog houses and straw to keep pets who have to be outdoors, warm and safe to kennels for dogs who get brought in during the winter, but are sometimes a little bit too rambunctious to be left unattended to like, food and treats and leashes and collars. Like we need all that stuff. Um, and that's where you come in. When you donate to us at prckc.org slash donate, you help us supply pet owners with those necessities and you help us make winter a little warmer, a little better and a little happier for pets and their people. And that growing need in the community is one of the reasons we've got Tori Fugate on the show today. Kansas city animal control has just come under the auspices of KC pet project. And we want to know what that looks like, how they're learning as they go and what their plans are moving forward. But first a little pet news. So as we move through the tail end of the year, once again, Rover.com has gone through and analyzed millions of dog names to look at trends. And some of the results are a little bit surprising. Now, not the main names, of course. Those are mostly the same. I'll get to those in a second. So what are the surprising trends? Well, dogs named after the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that, right? Kobe, Rona, and Corona are all trending up this year, which... Personally, I don't need to remember the pandemic every time I call my pet's name, but hey, some people name their dogs after the circumstances they got them in, and certainly there have been a lot more pet adoptions this year because of the pandemic and quarantines and the like. So what else is up? Well, dogs named after certain celebrities like Taylor Swift and Lizzo and Chrissy Teigen were up. Even Carol Baskin from Tiger King was trending upward this year. Dogs named after certain shows were trending up as well, like Geralt from The Witcher or Mando from The Mandalorian. Also names like Shep, Midas, Hanzo, and Griggs from video games, Animal Crossing, Fortnite, Overwatch, and Call of Duty trended up as well. Nerds. Uh, just kidding. Um, anyone who knows me or has listened to this show before knows that I'm an Animal Crossing aficionado. Would I name my pet after Shep? No, of course not. Shep's not my favorite uh, Animal Crossing citizen. Um, I might go for Apple or um, who else? I kind of like Flick when he comes to visit. Anyway, whatever. So what were the top names altogether? 
Well, the top male dog names, top five, were Max, Charlie, Cooper, Buddy, and Milo. The top female dog names were Bella, Luna, Lucy, Daisy, and Lola. And if you're in the vet industry, those shouldn't come as a big surprise to you. There's really not a day that goes by that we don't see a Bella in here, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. And something else that doesn't seem to change, as always, the name Betty White is trending upward. And so in other news, the years-long issue of what service animals are allowed to fly seems to have reached a conclusion with the Department of Transportation tightening restrictions on service animals and allowing airlines to require documentation from owners at least 48 hours in advance of the flight. Now, this is a tough, thorny issue. While the bond between pets and humans can't be denied, airplanes might not always be the safest place for a pet. It can be dangerous if an animal isn't properly trained as a support animal. Um, Tightening restrictions is a way to kind of ensure safety. More than 15,000 people left comments online after the notice went up about the proposed change, with both supporters and opponents of the change making their voices very much heard. In the end, the restrictions went through, and now dogs are the only registered service animals allowed on planes. No peacocks, sugar gliders, or even mini horses. Sorry, Lil Sebastian. This has been a tumultuous year for everybody, but there is one group in particular that's taking on some extra responsibility as they're now responsible for animal control in Kansas City, Missouri. That group is KC Pet Project, and we're thrilled to have Tori Fugate, Chief Communications Officer, on the program to talk talk to us about what it's looking like. Welcome to Pet Resource Radio, Tori. Thank you so much for having me. So how has it been? You guys have got the uh, contract uh, for animal services in July, but then just assumed control over animal services on December 1st. So how'd you use that time during the transition period? How'd you prepare? Well, it has been a very long road to get here. And we've actually been working on this since October of 2018. So it's been a long road. Um, And yes, like you said, we were awarded the contract by the city council in July. um, And it took, you know, a, almost a year just to get the contract going um, with the city and just working on the details with them. So that vote was really important to us. And then we started our transition period with the city of Kansas City, Missouri in September of this year and then officially assumed the contract on December 1st. So during that transition period, we were meeting as a team once, um, if not twice a week, just to, you know, put in place all of the details for our animal services division of KC Pet Project. And then we also were meeting with the city to go over the things like, you know, the citation system and, you know, the details on the trucks and just the details working out all the contract. And so along with those meetings, we were also meeting with national and local experts in the field um, on just sort of how we were going to build this new progressive entity of our organization. And, we have a really unique opportunity in Kansas city to start fresh with animal control services. And we knew right out of the bat that we or right out of the gate, we wanted to do things right. And we wanted to put in place a community focused animal control division. That's also really focused on public safety and enhancing that public safety element of Kansas city, but also like wanting to build um, a, a department that could be a resource to both pet owners uh, and just the community at large. So we also, I mean, we were putting all those details in place and then hiring. We had to hire all our new officers. And so we've been hiring everyone and have 18 animal services officers. And that includes our chief of animal services, April Moore, 
and our supervisors. And then we have three current uh, dispatch specialists and our dispatch manager. And we're still hiring for bilingual animal services officers and dispatch specialists. All right. Um, well, how has it been now that things are underway, even though, you know, you've just started? Yeah. So we started on December 1st. And as you can imagine, it was crazy. The first day we had <laughs> a lot of calls um, and just, you know, working on the details with the city communications department and 311 because we really wanted uh, for residents to not much for them to change. Uh, so the process to get a hold of us is still the same. You dial 311 on weekdays between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And then you can dial our main phone number, which is um, 816-683-1383 for weekend calls and then after-hour emergency calls. And we wanted that process to stay the same. So we you know, got a brand-new phone system that we could work with the 311 system. So once you hit the prompt for animal control services, it comes to our dispatch um, so you're talking to, um, you know, you'll you'll call 311, but then once you get animal control, you are talking to our staff. And, you know, there really wasn't a huge way to test that system until the morning of. So we right. were all here at 7 a.m. when it went live just to make sure it all worked. And um, thankfully, any hiccups that we had in the systems got worked out really, really quickly. Uh, but then, um, you know, we our call volume was really significant the first few days. Um, so still, you know, working out all the details for 311 because we were getting some calls about, you know, how to how to do recycling and where to get a COVID <laughs> test. And we were providing excellent customer service. But we were like, no, you need to call 311 again. So um, now that, you know, the all the kinks have been worked out in the system, it's a little more manageable. But we're still getting like 400 calls a day on some wow. days. So. Wow. It's a lot, and, you know, we launched at the same time our pet support helpline. So we have staff that are also working in this call center just because a lot of the questions that we get are things that we can help over the phone. We can help uh, resolve any questions over the phone that people have. Um, people still call 311 just to get information on, like, pet adoptions. So we're able right. to answer those questions. And then anything that's a true animal control matter can go to our dispatch. And so... Uh, they've been taking all the calls. They've been going out. We did um, around, I think, 200 and it was at least 250 calls in the first like five to six days. Wow. Um, that's actually going out and looking for stray dogs and, um, you know, picking up those stray dogs if mm -hmm. they're confined and animal cruelty checks and neglect checks. And so already what we're finding on a lot of these calls is that we can help resolve these in the field. We can offer resources. We've been getting stray pets back home to their owners without them having to come to the shelter. Uh, so already in the first, you know, seven to eight days, it's just been, um, we've heard so many great stories about how our officers are doing so much to help people. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's see. Um, how do you think your, how do you think Casey Pet Project's approach to animal welfare differs from that of what came before? So, Something that has always been missing in terms of animal welfare in Kansas City, Missouri, is a shared vision between animal control and animal the animal sheltering piece. And this was brought up in an audit that the um, city of Kansas City, Missouri did in 2017, that there needs to be a shared vision in order for everything to be cohesive and um, for animal welfare to, to share that best practices mentality. And so when it comes to sheltering, Casey Pet Project has always had 
a very progressive best practices mindset. You know, we worked out of a shelter that was 50 years old for eight years. And a lot of people would come to us and say, well, you can't do that because of your shelter. We were like, well, we're going to find a way to do it no matter what. So we, we were putting Kansas city on the map for our sheltering services in a 50 year old shelter with 250 dogs in one room and cats and office spaces and staff and trailers. And, you know, we were doing all of this great work. So when we were able to move to the shelter, we knew we wanted to grow so much of our programming and having the animal control piece now um, just helps us advance our mission even further. It helps us. It's, it's the missing puzzle piece of everything that we've always wanted to do. And so you know, our mission of our animal services division is to promote pet retention, enhance public safety, and create a healthier, more humane Kansas City through community empowerment and progressive services. So that community piece was what we were really missing. And now that we're out in the community and our officers, you know, people, they they approach uh, a lot of uh, these cases and people are, you know, kind of wary of, oh, what are you doing here? And then within just a few minutes, our officers are able to be like, no, 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 we're here. We're here just to talk. We're here to help. What can we do um, to help you and your pet um, have a, you know, safe and healthy life? So um, the approach that they're taking is we are here to help. We're here to be a resource, not we're here to write you tickets and give you citations and things like that. Um, Of course, they can do that if if needed. And we take we're going to take animal cruelty and neglect very seriously and public safety very seriously, but also a lot of the things that we're finding, and I know that you see this at at Resource Center all the time, is that a lot of people, it's just a lack of resources. It's a lack of access to resources. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to help them get those resources. Well, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah, I know what you were saying before about that sort of mistrust in certain communities. It's, It's very... It's a difficult thing, especially, you know, when we would canvas for our offsite clinics and we would go door to door and people would sometimes not answer the door because they see somebody in an official capacity who's asking about mm-hmm. dogs and they just don't want to have anything to do with it. And they don't they don't want a ticket. They don't they don't want the trouble, quote unquote, that they're going to get. Um, whereas, you know, yeah, it's that approach. It's always that approach of, of figuring out what you can do and how you can help and getting or kind of earning that trust of the community that, uh, that really saves the day for sure. Absolutely. If you come at it with a more punitive mindset, of course, people are going to have their guard up, you know, it's going to be a more combative situation. But if you're saying, you know, I'm just, I, I, I just see you have a dog and what, what does your dog need anything? Like, do you need some food? Even those little, little interactions. Right. Um, and just, you know, showing that you care, about them and their pet, uh, that is going to lead to a much more successful interaction out in the community. And we're already seeing that trust starting to build up Good, good. Um, in areas that we're really wanting to help. Um, what do you see as the role of organizations like us and other outreach groups and shelters in your plan for animal welfare and KC overall? Well, I know that we have, our groups have talked um, a lot in, in the past few months because the the needs of the community is certainly shifting. Um, you know, we, we have always been, Casey Pet Project has always just been the shelter. And so, you know, it's the place that you come and adopt a pet. It's the place that you bring a lost pet, or if you're looking for your lost pet, you come here. But instead, it's like, how can we all work together to meet the needs of our community? Um, the pandemic has brought a lot of new challenges uh, to our, you know, the people who are coming to us. And so, um, you know, people that 
are moving and they can't find housing for their animal, they are being evicted and, you know, having thinking that they're having to give up their pet. And so we're looking at things like emergency fostering programs mm-hmm. that we can put pets, owned pets in foster homes just to give an owner, you know, a month or two to figure out a, a place that they can live with their pet because a lot of the times they're just having to move quickly. Right. Um, you know, they're, they think that they have to give up their pet for medical reasons. And so they're here to surrender their pet. They got hit by a car and they know they're like, I can't afford a $2,000 vet bill. And so, I mean, it's going to take more than just our organization and pet resource center to meet the needs of our community. And so it's for us, it's like looking at this in the future of like, how do we, how do we get more, how do we empower our community more? How do we empower our vet clinics to work with the community and um, all the different animal welfare groups to come together to, um, to just help and, and meet those needs. I know we're inundated with calls about just things like, um, you know, I need to get my pet vaccinated and it's really hard. It's been hard during the pandemic to meet those needs of appointments Mm -hmm. uh, in the appointment volume. So, you know, we, we always, uh, when we moved to the campus, we were hoping that we would be able to offer public services in the first, you know, year or two. And so we're still aiming to be able to do things like vaccinations, but, you know, working together to do more vaccination clinics and microchip clinics, tag clinics, um, I think is going to be really important, um, in, in the future because the, the need is so great, um, to be able to provide those services. Well now, okay. So, uh, we talked about, kind of all coming together, but what about KC Pet Project in specific uh, What and, and the new animal welfare? What do you see as the, kind of the defining issue for animal welfare in the new future and, and what's on the horizon for you all? Well, KC Pet Project has been really fortunate this year to participate in a pilot program. It's Human Animal Support Services, and we're one of 18 Tier 1 shelters that's participating in it. And it's been really great. Um, there are about 40 working groups as part of this with hundreds of people from not just animal shelters, but all the national um, animal welfare groups, as well as human support groups uh, that are part of these working groups. And we're, we're looking at, at the community. How do we empower the community? Because what we saw at the start of the pandemic was this huge um, outpouring of support for fostering, for instance. Right. We had 900 people that signed up to foster pets at the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have 900 pets to send to foster. <laughs> so it was just like, we weren't actually able to accommodate people that wanted to help us. But we were like, it was something that if you would have told me that we can move every single animal out of the shelter within two weeks, I would have just like been like, no way, there's no way we could do that. Right. Um, and we had just had this huge successful adoption initiative with Derek Naughty at the end of the Super Bowl, where he sponsored all the pet adoption fees. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much did that. But Sending every pet that we had into foster homes was just like beyond my comprehension. Yeah. Um, and so it's looking at things like that. How can we keep pets? I mean, you know, put pets that are, you know, don't have to be in the shelter. They could be in foster homes instead and providing things like virtual adoption services um, so that people don't have to come to the shelter anymore to adopt a pet if they don't want to. They can just do a, a virtual adoption over Zoom and looking at things like our animal services division, how do we, you know, keep pets out of the shelter that don't have to be here? So lost, advanced lost and found pet services and figuring out how we can get more identification on, on animals because what we find is that most of the pets that are 
picked up by their owners were found less than tenth of a mile away. They're found like four houses down. Right, right. So, and and just getting that awareness out in the community of if you find a stray pet, you can actually just walk it around the neighborhood and see if if you know who the owner is, because um, we're able to get a lot of pets back home that way. So it's really just you know letting the community know how they can support the animals of of our community and then also like looking at what resources are needed to be able to make our communities more humane and healthy for pets and their owners. Well, we certainly appreciate everything that you all are doing over there. And uh, we're very, very excited to see how the community kind of comes together around this new animal control services. Um, Tori, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for all of the work that you do. I know that you have been absolutely inundated with, with calls as well. <laughs> and I look forward, I look forward to the work that our two groups can do together. Um, it's going to take all of us just to, to make a, a difference. And I really think um, that it's really exciting, all the things that we can work on in the future. Agreed. Now, rather than come at you with a quiz or some other kind of special segment this episode, we wanted to take this time to send out a special message since this is our last episode before the holidays. You, listening to this, we care for you. We care for your pets. That's why we wanted to say this. Stay safe this holiday season. We're getting more and more calls from people who are having to quarantine because of exposure to the coronavirus. And especially after the Thanksgiving holiday, we're getting requests from folks who are unable to leave their homes, struggling, who need assistance with pet food just to maintain. We had to do a porch delivery for an entire family that was quarantined the other day. And in the pictures we took um, to show you know, that we left the stuff on the porch and maybe to put them up on social media, you can see this boy staring out the window. And he stood there and he stared the whole time from what they said. I worry about that boy. You know, I worry about him being so young and not understanding what's going on, maybe fully, um, and not being able to go outside. I worry about his family, I worry about their pets. I worry about our city and our state, our country, and worry about all the families that are hurting. It really breaks our hearts to see so many people struggling. And so we urge you again to stay safe this holiday season. Don't travel. Don't get together in groups. It can be incredibly lonely during the holidays if you can't have a big family gathering. Believe me, I know that. I miss my family dearly, but it is a small price to pay for all of us keeping each other safe. We want to see all of you on the other side of all of this. And if not for us, do it for your pets. They need you. Have a safe and wonderful holiday season. And now it is time to say goodbye to you, friends. Another big thanks to Tori Fugate from KC Pet Project for being on the show today. Be sure to visit them at kcpetproject.org to check out their adoptable pets or to check out their animal services portal. As for us, we're just a nonprofit trying to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need. You can kick in a few bucks over at prckc.org to help us do the life-saving work we do here at the old Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. 
If you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, be sure to rate us and leave us a review. That's how folks find us. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at PRR Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And hey, if you're not already, why not follow the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City as well? You may find that the same wonderful people who run the Pet Resource Radio account also run the Pet Resource uh, Center of Kansas City account. So until next time, friends, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the author Alex A. King said, animals know. They know how a soul is stitched together. They know what it's made of before anyone else gets a clue. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Produced by Sierra Howe and myself, David Shapiro. Recorded, engineered, mixed, and hosted by David Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash hazelrockmusicalindustries. Industries.